0: You are listening to Booze, Bullshit, and True Crime. I'm Bree.
1: And I'm Wade.
0: And we're going to talk about some gnarly shit. Yes. What are we talking about this week?
1: Acquittals.
0: Acquittals.
1: Unbelievable ones? I know what I or want the- remarkable ones? I don't know <laughs> Which way do you think about it?
0: I know what I want the name of this episode to be Yeah? Acquittals make me angry
1: You could do way better than that
0: What should it be? I don't know Well, okay, what's way better than that?
1: Quit Acquittals
0: What? <laughs> acquittals Yes Just, just say that. it. Just, just That's that. better Acquittals Okay well, we're going to be talking about, you know, cases that resulted in an acquittal that made everybody go, what?
1: Yeah. Which, from the research I did, was more or less you're going to see a lot of these "whoa" cases in, like, uh, celebrities, you know, housewives that gone, that snapped, stuff like that. Okay. Uh, athletes, shit like that.
0: Okay. Sensationalized cases.
1: In a sense, yeah. Mine was More sensationalized. More popular. Yeah. Well, but Well, I guess one of mine was. The other one was just insane, but once you look into the actual prior, like the history, it made the sense type deal. Anyways. Yeah. But the whole thing is ju- that that case is just funny. Or, sorry, it's not funny, but it's interesting and it has slight irony or humor to it
0: we'll get to it yeah but what what's better than acquittals make me angry
1: i don't know i got nothing
0: that's what it's gonna be then sure <laughs> all right well this week we got to work so that was cool this past week
1: yeah and they're still working
0: still working and uh saturday i sat on my butt and rested and quarantined myself and wade rented a log splitter And split logs literally all weekend. Yes. All weekend. Yes. Shane helped us, so shout out to Shane. Thank you, Shane. Came over just out of the kindness of his heart to help Wade split all that fucking wood, which was helpful. And I went with my friend Anissa, and we, like, collected... And foraged all this different material and wildflowers yesterday. We got rosemary and cedar and pine and a bunch of good stuff and eucalyptus and bay leaf. And made beautiful smudge sticks.
1: Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful.
0: And I knew they were pretty because at the end of it, Wade was like, I want one for my truck. And I was like, oh. Oh.
1: Oh. Yes, they do.
0: Yeah. Can't burn it in the truck, though.
1: No, but it's. It'll
0: aesthetic. still smell pretty good. Yeah. Alright, should we get to it? Because I have seven pages of notes.
1: Holy shit, yeah. Yes.
0: So, the name of my notes today is Mr. Orange Juice himself. So, most of you can probably guess what I'm doing today. OJ Simpson! The Juice!
1: Uh, Did they ever call him the Juice? I don't think they ever. Yeah, that
0: was his nickname. The Juice. That was a thing. That makes sense. That was totally a thing. OJ Juice. Got it. Alright. So. I'm going to go into the case more so, also obviously why he was acquitted, but there was so much to the trial. If you want something in depth on the trial, it's not going to be this, but I will go into the reasons as to why his trial resulted in an acquittal. But still, the details of the case were what I was really interested in, and some of the things I didn't know, because this happened in, what, 95, and I was born in 94, so... Yeah. And you were born in '93. Two. <coughs> Sorry, '92. So we were little babies when this happened.
1: I feel like you. I don't know if you've talked about this case so much or what what it is, but I feel like we've done this.
0: We definitely have not done this. Okay. I'm sure we haven't done this. So this case was known as the People of the State of California versus Orenthal James Simpson. Is that how you say his name? Orenthal. But yeah, I think hopefully I didn't slaughter that this criminal trial was held in the Los Angeles Superior Court, former NFL player, sports broadcaster and actor OJ Simpson was tried in a court of law for two counts of murder in connection with the stabbing death of his ex-wife, Nicole Brown, and her friend, Ron Goldman. Let's start from the beginning, though, before we dive super deep into the crime. Nicole Brown met Simpson while she was employed at a private club called The Daisy, where she worked as a waitress. She was only 18 years old at the time, and it was 1977. Simpson was still married to his first wife, but the two began, you know, casually dating anyway. Great. Starting off good. (laughs) (laughs) Doing good. Simpson eventually divorced his first wife and married Brown on February 2nd, 1985. Holy shit. Yeah, so that was 12, what, no, 8 years in between them meeting and then actually getting married. The couple had two children named Sydney and Justin, and their marriage lasted a total of 7 years. During their marriage, Simpson was investigated for domestic violence multiple times, which I didn't really realize. Did you realize that?
1: With his first wife?
0: No, with Nicole. No. Yeah. In 1985, cops were called to the Simpson residence after Simpson had broken Brown's car windshield with a fucking baseball bat. So, what I gathered from it is she was like trying to go somewhere and he wasn't having it and broke her windshield. Jesus. That's terrifying. Then on New Year's Day 1989, authorities were called again after Simpson beat Brown. Brown told dispatchers that she thought he was going to kill her. Simpson pled no contest to these abuse allegations in court. The jury for this trial were shown pictures of Brown's face after the attack, and she was like battered. battered. Yeah, battered and fucking bruised. Like he beat the crap out of her. Brown finally gathered the courage to file for divorce on February 25, 1992, citing irreconcilable differences. Yeah, you think? Even after finalizing the divorce, though, Simpson and Brown couldn't stay away from each other and did briefly reconcile. The domestic abuse obviously continued because it never just stops. Authorities were called to the home once again on October 25, 1993. 1993. During this call, Brown stated that Simpson was, quote, about to beat the shit out of her. After the relationship, like after this domestic violence call, the relationship would end for a second and final time. Fun fact After all this abuse and the relationship ending for good, Brown reported a set of her keys missing a few weeks before her murder. Uh oh. Guess what was found on OJ Simpson's person when he was arrested? Her keys, yeah.
1: Oh, jeez.
0: Oh, jeez. I so mean, that's
1: two things. Oh, well, you have it. one thing so far.
0: There were quite, yeah, there were quite a well, few. Well, I don't little... know if
1: you're going to talk about the glove.
0: Oh, yeah. Okay. I have to so. talk about the glove. So. Um, but yeah, so that's like literally when they arrested him after the murder, he had those keys on him. Yep. So that, ah, uh, I mean, come on. Also, a women's shelter in the area named Sojourn allegedly received a phone call from Brown four days before her murder. In the phone call, she stated she was very afraid of her ex and she believed that he was stalking her. This information was not used during the trial as it was considered hearsay. Yeah. Which, if it's not recorded, it's really just hearsay?
1: I guess, I mean who's to, like, was there a witness to this conversation type deal?
0: Besides the person who received it, probably exactly. not. So Getting closer to the mic, your little lines look tinier than mine. My bad. Um, so, however, even though that was quote-unquote hearsay, her friends and family all testified she had confided in them about Simpson stalking her. Yeah. So this was happening. Telling one friend, she was afraid because of Simpson's threat to her that he would kill her if he ever found her with another man. That's not like, do 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 do, 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 do. Right. like, <laughs> come on. Uh, on Brown's final evening alive, she attended her daughter's dance recital at Paul Revere Middle School, and Simpson was in attendance at the recital as well because that was his kid too. Yeah. After the recital, Simpson and her family ate dinner, or no, sorry, Brown and her family ate dinner at a restaurant called Mezzaluna, and Simpson was obviously not invited. Ron Goldman worked at Mezzaluna as a waiter and was on shift that evening, but he was not assigned Simps- to Brown's table as a waiter. I wrote Simpson both times, and I definitely met Brown, so, my bad. After leaving and returning home, Brandon's mother phoned Mezzaluna about a pair of eyeglasses that were forgotten at the restaurant, and the manager of Mezzaluna is the one who picked up, and she located the eyeglasses, and she put them in a white envelope and put them aside. Goldman knew, I couldn't, like, I tried to look up how well Nicole and Goldman knew each other, and there are varying reports, but they knew each other to some degree. Okay. But they were not dating, I don't think
1: they could have been waiters together at some point in life, I don't know.
0: I mean, maybe. But I there are like a lot of rumors that they were dating and even if there was something going on, they weren't like openly in a relationship or anything like that. And I really don't think that they were even really together. There's nothing that proves that. Goldman left the restaurant at about 9:50 p.m. after his shift was over to go return the glasses to the Simpson residence. During this time, since Simpson, or er, sorry, when I said to the Simpson residence, I meant to Brown's residence. God damn it. So, he was returning the glasses mm. to the mom yeah. at Brown's residence. Simpson had gone to, to eat at McDonald's with a friend um, while they went to Mezzaluna. This friend was actor Cato Kalin, who said symptoms, Simpson seemed upset. There were also rumors and reports that they went to a different fast food location and brought and bought crystal meth from this drug dealer guy, but that wasn't substantiated either. So. Yeah. uh And along with that, rumors have also swirled that Simpson was under the influence of drugs at this time and at the time of the murder, which. Maybe
1: can make sense. Do they escalated?
0: Do they do talk psychology reports when you get admitted into prison, though?
1: Uh, I'm sure they drew blood or something like that.
0: Well, he didn't get arrested immediately, so he could have been on drugs, I guess. True. At 1210 a.m. on June 13th, 1994, Brown and Goldman were found murdered outside Nicole's condominium in Los Angeles, California. Another tidbit I didn't know is how the bodies were found, and this is going to make your heart break. We do not deserve dogs. Both victims had been dead approximately two hours when investigators arrived. Brown's Akita dog actually alerted neighbors of the murder. Stephen Schwab was walking his dog near Brown's house at about eleven thirty PM that evening. Schwab noticed Brown's dog in the area with bloody paws, but he didn't see any visible injury on the dog. And Schwab said that he took the dog to took the dog to a neighbor friend. Um, of his who took the dog back out for a walk around midnight and this was presumably to try and find out where the dog's home was. So I guess this guy probably just took it to the house it was next to and was like, is this your dog? And they were like, no, and took it back out to try and find out whose it was. The dog started tugging at its leash when it approached Brown's residence. The neighbor followed the dog's lead and found the bloody crime scene and quickly flagged down a patrol car.
1: Oh, I didn't know that. Isn't that crazy? That is.
0: Yeah, the doggy let everybody know. Oh, I have to tell everybody about
1: wrinkles real quick. You found Mr. Wrinkles?
0: No, that, the dog I met.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: I was at work the other day and these homeowners opened up this fence and I walk in and there's this, I think it was a golden retriever. That's the one with the longer hair, right? I think it's Yeah. Yeah. It was like a reddish color. And it comes running out and it has this blankie perfectly folded up into a square and it has paw prints and dog bones on it. And he's like very proudly displaying this blankie in his mouth. And he comes up to everybody and like presents the blankie and shows it first and then gets loving from like every single person. And then runs back into the house, and I look over, and there's a big hill and a big painted sign, and it says, Mr. Wrinkles Hill, because his name is Mr. Wrinkles. And then when I came back into the fence, because I had to get one more tree, the dog ran back out to greet me, but without the blankie. So he was literally like, new friend, look at my beautiful blanket. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'm the coolest dog in the world. <laughs> Isn't
0: that so sweet? <laughs> yes. Shout out to Mr. Wrinkles. Okay, back to this horrible case. So, we don't deserve dogs. Akita Dog led neighbors to the crime scene. Brown was found barefoot and face down at the bottom of the stairs that led to her front door, which was left ajar, showing no forced entry to the premises, so nobody like broke into her house. She had multiple stab wounds to her to her head and neck, the fatal blow being a deep cut to her carotid artery. She also had defensive wounds on, like, her hands, so it shows that she did uh-huh. fight back. Investigators concluded from bruising on her back that the murderer stepped on her back, pulled her head up by the hair, and slit her throat. Her larynx could be seen through her gaping neck wound, and her head barely remained attached to her body.
1: Jesus Christ. They
0: pretty My much God. cut her head off. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Oh, my God. It was bad. I didn't know
0: that. Yeah. Holy shit. She was decapitated. Like, they cut into her, like,
1: uh, her, her,
0: what are those called? Vertebrae? Yeah, her vertebrae. Yeah. Yeah. Goldman laid nearby, suffering the same fate, death by stabbing. Near his body was his beeper, car keys, the envelope with his glasses that he was, er, with the mom's glasses that he was returning, as well as two items left by the assailant. Those being a leather glove and a knit cap. And there was a bunch of like rumors about that because O.J. was filming some kind of movie and his character in that movie wore a knit cap that resembled this one that was left at the crime scene. Buddy shoe prints from the assailant were also found and they were leading towards and through the back gate, and they were like a super big size and a specialty shoe that matched something that OJ had.
1: Or had.
0: Yeah, that he possessed. Simpson had a flight scheduled for 11.45 p.m. that night to Chicago. He was planning on playing golf the following day with representatives from Hertz rental car. He was a spokesperson for them at that time. (laughs) I used to work for them in their sales department. (laughs) Um... The driver arrived at his home to pick him up to take him to the airport at around 10.25 p.m., and Fan Simpson was not home. He got there a little bit early. He noticed someone approach the home at about 10.40 from the home's southern walkway. He witnessed the individual enter the home and turn on some lights eventually. This southern walkway is where the second bloody glove from the crime scene, like the matching one, was found. Ah, the infamous glove. The infamous gloves. The infamous glove. I have pictures of that glove that I will post of the glove.
1: Well, it's gloves. There's two of them. It's plural. Two gloves.
0: Simpson eventually emerged from the home claiming he overslept. His driver that... Which he walked up, so... Huh? His driver that evening testified that O.J. seemed agitated at this time. Simpson had four bags with him. One of which he would not let the driver touch and loaded himself. Simpson only checked three bags onto his flight that evening, so it is thought that the fourth bag containing the murder weapon and the clothes and shoes worn during the murder were disposed of at the airport. Makes sense. Makes sense. Simpson was running late but did end up catching his flight. Detective Ron Phillips testified that he called Simpson to alert him of Brown's murder, and Simpson seemed more concerned with the circumstances of her death Rather than of the death itself, he was also hyper concerned about if the child had seen Brown's body. Um, but he wasn't concerned if the children were injured.
1: Oh, well, I got you. So,
0: like, he already kind of knew. Yeah. And the children were there, by the way.
1: Yeah. And the mom when the was bodies there were too. found,
0: they were just asleep.
1: Yeah, and the mom too was yeah. inside the house,
0: right? Uh, she uh, was asleep. I'm so, not a hundred percent sure on that. Shortly after Simpson was questioned by police and released after giving a blood sample, Simpson then hired his... Yeah, so he could have been high, because they did it later. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Simpson then hired his legal, what he called, dream team, led by Robert Shapiro. On June 15th, preliminary DNA testing showed matches to Simpson. And this dream team was like a bunch of high-profile lawyers that were good at getting people off for shit that they did.
1: Yeah, and it was like a panel of like three of them or some shit.
0: Yeah. Um, But these preliminary matches that they got for DNA is just like, it's kind of like a glimpse into what the results are going to be. The DA delayed filing charges until the DNA tests in its entirety had come back. Makes sense. During this time, O.J. had started treatment for depression. On June 16th, Simpson stayed the night at his friend and lawyer's house, Robert Kardashian. Okay. Mr. Kardashian. Shapiro asked several doctors to tend to him due to his fragile mental state. So Shapiro sent doctors over to Kardashian's residence. Um, On June 17th, the LAPD notified Shapiro that Simpson would have to surrender that day. So they got the matches back. And got all the paperwork and they were like, you gotta, you gotta come get locked up. Simpson told Shapiro he wanted to turn himself in, which LAPD agreed to, thinking Simpson would not attempt to flee due to how fucking famous he is. No. Also kind of fair. Simpson never showed up and was named a fugitive. At 6.45 p.m., police officer Ruth Dixon saw Simpson's Bronco heading north on the Interstate 405. When she caught up with the vehicle, she realized Simpson's friend Al Cowlings was driving the car, and Al was yelling out of the window to her that Simpson was in the back and had a gun to his own head. Yeah. Uh, So when he said that, she backed off, but obviously pursued. The speed of this chase topped out at 35 miles per hour and had over 20 patrol vehicles in pursuit.
1: Yeah.
0: I have a picture of this I'm going to post, too. It literally shows him. You can tell he's going, like, snail's pace, and there's just a wall of cops. <laughs> Why didn't they just throw out a...
1: 405 was closed. Helicopters were in the air. It was a full-on I'm going to
0: talk about it. Sorry. Why didn't they just throw out one of those nail tab things? Uh, I don't know. Anyways. More than nine news helicopters joined the pursuit as well. The chase lasted so long that one helicopter had to return after running out of fuel. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Yes. I don't know how long helicopters can go, but I would assume it's kind of a long time. Right?
1: Mm, Probably. I don't know. Yeah.
0: I don't even. This chase was witnessed by an estimated 95 million viewers nationwide. Because, uh, you know, the fucking news helicopters. After surrendering, police found $8,000 in cash, a change of clothes, a loaded three fifty seven, a U.S. passport, family pictures, and a disguise kit within the Brockmo. So, not it suspicious. Not suspicious at all. Yeah. On June... I think that was the backup plan. They were like, we're going to run, and if we get caught, I'm going to act like I'm going to kill myself. Probably. On June 20th, Simpson was arraigned, where he pled not guilty to both murders and was held without bail. Simpson's trial... They were like, ah, we tried once.
1: You're a flight risk. You're done. You are
0: not leaving. Simpson's trial began on January 24th, 1995, which was pretty quick. Sometimes that shit takes a long time. Uh, And it was televised. The DA decided to file charges in Los Angeles instead of Santa Monica, where the crime actually took place. This change of location was due to safety concerns related to the Santa Monica courthouse. Um... The case was so high profile that they did not want to take any chances. Makes sense. I guess it was just easier for them to safeguard themselves at the Los Angeles courthouse. Uh, this resulted in a jury pool with more blacks and minorities. Um, now, some of this stuff is kind of controversial that I'm going to get into. It was a different time. So I'm going to go over just kind of everything that went into it, okay? It has been stated that a vast majority of the jury had lower incomes and they were less educated because of, you know, the area of town that it was in where that jury pool was coming from. It is thought that individuals with more formal education and a higher income are more likely to accept DNA evidence as fact during a trial, which I kind of get that. makes sense. What are you doing? Nothing. What are you looking at?
1: Something on, like, one of my cases. Sorry.
0: Okay. Do you have something to show me with one of your cases? Huh? Is that why?
1: No, I. you're just mentioning pictures and shit, and I have one specific picture I want you to get, and I don't want to forget about it, so I opened it up. Okay. That was all.
0: All right. Well, you'll have to mention that when you start talking about your case because I want to know what it is. Anyways, more likely to accept DNA evidence if you're more educated. Now, I don't know how much I actually agree with the theory about, like, minorities being less educated or if it was more of a fact of the area that they were in or not. But, you know. It came up in every article that I found. Um, I guess I could see how education can give you an understanding of, like, basic science and the validity of DNA. I would agree with that. This jury pool was sequestered for a whopping 265 days.
1: Oh my God.
0: And I don't think they could go home. I don't think. Yeah. And this was before, uh, they like, They had, like, hotels but...
1: and stuff, but yeah, I don't think they did go home. They
0: couldn't talk to they got, people. Like, they were,
1: like, locked down.
0: That's close to a year. That's crazy. Two-thirds of a year. Now, this um, episode would have been a fucking million part series like I said earlier if I would have gone in depth with the trial with my research because there's just so much information it's overwhelming there's so much shit so many theories so many conspiracy theories so much stuff there's literally pages and pages of information on wiki alone just the page for this case we don't got time for that though what you need to know is the defense played heavily into the fact that O.J. was supposedly framed because he was a black man. They said that LAPD literally planted, like, his blood and DNA at the crime scene. And they tried to say that it was a setup. Uh, they also claimed that PD fucked up and completely contaminated the whole crime scene as well and did not handle evidence appropriately. Uh... There were real fears of an intense riot happening if O.J. were to be found guilty just because of the race factor and the defense was playing this whole racial profiling and him being set up because he was a wealthy black man card and it was tense.
1: Well, wasn't it because it was right after Rodney King? It was a tense time in general.
0: Yeah. They were playing off of that.
1: Exactly, but that was in a sense of what they were trying
0: to do. You've got an eyelash. Oh, no, it's a kitty hair on your eyelash. Got it. Of course. But, yes, so times were uh. scary. People were tense. Things were tense. They increased police efforts, uh, like more patrols and worked them harder, and they even employed officers on horseback to protect the courthouse on the day of the verdict. October 3rd, 1995, Simpson was acquitted on both counts of murder. He did get re-arrested, however, for that armed theft thingy that happened in Las Vegas for his memorabilia. Yeah. Remember? Although, if he plays his cards right, he could be released by 2022. And that's my case. The Juice, O.J. Simpson.
1: Well done. Thanks. It was a good one. But
0: yeah, I have a picture of him trying on the gloves in court because that was like the big thing um, with the evidence. They said that the gloves were planted by LAPD as well. And when he tried on the gloves, because remember there was one at his house and one at the crime scene, they were way too small for his hands. So I have that picture of him with the gloves that are too small for his hands on his hands, in the courtroom. I have the Bronco picture and then a picture of him and Nicole. But a lot of people think that that was done purposefully to try and mislead the investigation, which I have to agree with. And if OJ didn't do it, somebody that OJ hired did it.
1: I agree. And I actually don't believe somebody he hired did it. I think that there is something else behind it.
0: He was involved in some way.
1: Or, yeah, or he pissed somebody off and somebody was trying to frame him for it. I don't
0: think so. He had all the motive to kill her. He, he threatened to do that exact thing. And can I announce your first short dive that you're going to do because I'm so excited about it? Sure. It's the remix of Ignition, hot and fresh out the kitchen.
1: Yes, <laughs> R. Kelly is my first case. That
0: piece of fucking shit. He is disgusting and i hate him but i'm happy that he's one of the guys you brought up because his acquittal is crazy yeah. and I what was the picture what huh? was
1: the picture i can't find it i have to find it which
0: one were you talking huh? about though
1: it's the one when he was having his interview just recently and he like people are like laughing or like quite like the cameraman was questioning where he's or like something. crying no he had this like look when he like told him he goes my laugh he's all like <laughs> he stuck out his bottom lip and, like, squint in his eyes. And I just wanted to put a picture up that, like...
0: You have to find it. But we it have to move... i embarrassed the... about him. We have to move the phone. It's far, far away. It's fine. All right. Okay. It fucks up our audio. But I definitely have to see that picture. Okay.
1: Well, I'm going to have Bree actually talk about R. Kelly's case. And then I will talk about, like, his acquittal and stuff like that. Because she knows... She knows R. Kelly's case a lot more than I do. She watched all the Netflix documentaries on it. I watched a couple episodes, but I want her to get in-depth on the case a little bit.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, just like the initial case that he was first taken to court for?
1: Well, they're both. That's the same case.
0: No, there's stuff that's happened recently, and then there's the stuff that happened back in the day when we were kids.
1: That's what he's getting in trouble for, though, I thought. Was the stuff that he was That's what he was
0: acquitted for, was the stuff back in the day. He wasn't acquitted of this new shit. Oh. Yeah.
1: Okay. See, like I said, she knows the cases more than I do.
0: Well, first off, Aaliyah was, I think, like 14 or 15 and was his protege. She was a female R&B... R&B, right?
1: Yeah, R&B singer, and uh, she did, like, dancing and stuff, right? Yeah, I think she was a choreographer
0: as well. Beautiful girl. Actually did make it somewhat in music, um, but they were an item, and he thought he got her pregnant. I don't know if they lost the baby or what ended up happening, but married her when she was, like, 16, so that happened. Then there were always whispers about R. Kelly... Basically, people working for him getting young girls and bringing yeah. them to him to his house. Yeah. Um. And a video did surface of him having sex with and it's rape, raping and urinating. Yeah. On a young girl. Was yeah. it Aaliyah? Or it was a different girl. Uh,
1: it was Aaliyah, I It thought. was a different girl. I think it was, I thought it was Aaliyah.
0: Whoever it was refused yeah. to testify. It was either a Leah or another young girl, and yeah. they refused to testify, which means they couldn't yeah. prove the person in the video was them. Mm-hmm. And for whatever reason, a lot of people in the black community refused to believe, believe
1: it and stuck by him.
0: And the jury that, was mostly African American. Yeah, and that child. all
1: happened at the height of his career, and he was actually charged with uh, sex with a minor, producing child pornography. And that was after that video of him having sexual relationships with the underage girl, you know, and peeing and all that shit. Also, there's, like, other media and, like, photos and other acts with minors that, you know, were found in his home. So, after six years, so from 2002 and all that surfaced, after six years is when the case finally went to trial. And he was actually found not guilty by Chicago jury for uh, lack of evidence, like Bree said, and uh, the refusal of the victim testifying, so it went to an acquittal. And then, again, in 2019, R. Kelly was charged by a federal prosecutor, and that included uh, 13 charges with sexual relationship with one minor same stuff as in 2002 and the minor actually said that the abuse started when she was 14 years old and it lasted more than three years
0: and that video wasn't Aliyah it was another 14 oh, okay. year old girl okay yeah
1: so now he's awaiting trial or yeah trial in may of this this year 2020 so we'll see if he actually goes down. Which, he's arrested. He's in there for...
0: And what was that article I read about him a couple months ago? It said that he was trying to like sue the jail because of his treatment. But it was something stupid. Like he couldn't buy Skittles or some shit like that.
1: Yeah, it was something that there wasn't... S- something. And they were commissary. being mean
0: to him or some shit. Yeah. And the next person you're going to cover, you spelled their name wrong. So I have to say it. So we Lorena? say it right. Yeah,
1: it's right here. There's an E. Oh, okay. I know. I just forgot the E. The penis
0: goblin, the penis thief.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So in '93, I actually remember this one. Not from '93. Obviously, I was born in '92, so I definitely don't remember it from then. But I remember hearing about it, and I think it was on an episode of like Snapped or something like that.
0: It's it's been on a lot of things.
1: So, it's about Lorena Bobbitt. And in 1993, she cut off her husband's mini Bobbitt. Uh, Get uh, and this is all while he slept. And uh, so, she, she cut off his dick. She fucking hopped in the car. She drove off. She just left his ass there to bleed out. With, and and took his dick with but her. But why
0: did she do that? Are you gonna get into that? Yes. Okay. All right. Yes.
1: I'm just getting it out first set because
0: the, set the pretty much stage. yeah
1: because she she dipped she cut it off and dipped out like penis and all like
0: yep uh, in, in hand. her hand
1: uh huh. Just driving down the road and rolled down the window and just went ahead and tossed it out the window.
0: By the way, evidence photos, you can, you should, because it will make you laugh so hard if you Google evidence photos of his penis after they found it. It is the tiniest.
1: Oh, wait till I get to the end. And okay. it's hilarious. <laughs> yes. So, uh, Bobbit actually, I found out that she has, uh, like, her own entry on uh Biography dot What's she, that? Like she she put out put out her own like autobiography.
0: Oh, okay. Which
1: is pretty interesting. She got because,
0: remarried.
1: Yeah. Yes. Um. Yeah. <laughs> <she did. laughs>
0: Sorry, just random info. I have to scream <laughs> at you.
1: So, uh, actually, all that all this surfaced, and like the media didn't necessarily like portray her as like a crazy individual but like all the articles were like woman cut off husband's penis blah blah blah. they actually didn't talk about what really happened right so some context behind the whole thing uh uh lorena actually claimed her husband john had repeatedly like sexually assaulted her raped her raped her and uh was caught like this caused her final like you know her to lash out in self-defense. I'm
0: pretty sure he sodomized her, too. Like, he yeah. was awful.
1: Yes. So, John actually was acquitted, and that's what set Lorena off. He was acquitted in 93. The claims were still, like, enough for the jury to find Lorena not guilty by reason reasons of insanity. Or reason of insanity. So, she had to... St- been 45 days in a psychiatric care facility, and then she was a free woman.
0: Question. Two questions. First question. So is this a crazy acquittal because John was acquitted of sexual assault initially? Because she wasn't acquitted. She just, they said she was crazy. No,
1: she was acquitted. She got acquitted of the charges, and then she just had to go serve time in a mental facility because...
0: You said not guilty by reason of insanity. That's different from an acquittal
1: true so yes because john got acquitted uh, and then why did john got...
0: get acquitted of that if he raped Because there
1: is no actual evidence as he and, said she said yeah and there is no like rape uh rape kits done or like medical but after like,
0: forty checks. after 45 days she was a free woman even though she was wait really
1: yeah because I think they put, like, a 75-day hold on her, and she was fine. So
0: they did acquit her. They just wanted to make sure she was I stable? I think so. You, you did your case on it, and you didn't yeah. even
1: know. No, actually, I actually... <sighs> yeah, I apologize about that one. But I'm pretty sure that oh my God. she was found not guilty for a reason of insanity. And John was acquitted for the lack of, like, medical reports. and that's why She didn't why, go in
0: and get that. Yeah, rape. and that's
1: why she went all crazy. And then she got... All, Pretty much got off by just being, you know, claiming that she was she had a lapse in sanity.
0: Okay. Damn. And
1: the other interesting part <laughs> was was that her husband actually kind of like came out on the other end. They found his penis. They reattached it.
0: <laughs> where do you and, know where they found it?
1: Uh, no. Okay. So she
0: walked. I just watched a, a documentary on her. She walked into the police or no, she didn't walk in. She called the police station and reported that she had done that. She called the cops on herself. And the investigators asked her, you know, where did you throw the penis? And she said, you know, in a planter over by a gas station that was past her house. So they're walking around and they find the penis in the grass in front of the gas station like nobody wanted to pick it up and touch it. It was literally, I swear to God, like a half inch long. <laughs> it looked like like the piece of the fat on the chicken that you cut off before you put it in the pan.
1: Yes. Yeah. So, from his, uh, his little fame, 30 seconds of fame, uh, he became... Like, in high demand, and he actually ended up becoming a porn star.
0: We need to watch one of his porns. No. I, w- I just want to cool. see. I'm curious what that looks like now.
1: I'm cool. Come now. on. That's just weird.
0: Exactly. Oh, I'm That's cool. That's why I want to watch
1: it. I'm cool. You can go ahead and do that if you want to do it.
0: You're lame.
1: I'm lame. That's just, uh, I'm, I'm cool. You're lame. After seeing everything that he's done, he probably does, like, BDM shit and stuff like that.
0: BDM.
1: Isn't that what it's called? Nope. What is it?
0: BDSM?
1: B- there it is. BDSM. You
0: don't even know. <laughs> Look how square this motherfucker is over here.
1: I, okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't care. He's Call not. Me square. He's
0: not that square. Um, We have a Facebook. We have an Instagram. Booze, bullshit, and true crime. Please follow us on there. Talk to us. Give us recommendations about episodes we should do. Because coming up with ideas is getting really fucking hard.
1: Come on, Eric. We're leaning on you.
0: Yes, please help us. Also, we have... um, uh, We're obviously on Spotify or iTunes or Google, wherever you're listening to us right now. If you could subscribe, follow us. If you're on iTunes, if you could like and write us a review, that's super helpful. Override... What was her name? Override. We're going to call her Karen now, the one that said we're... It, um, unintelligent yeah. and cuss too much yeah. fuck karen write us a review get us back up to the five stars that we were at send me an email if you have your own personal story about ghosties or murder or true crime hometown true crime weird stuff anything hit us up email me booze bs and true crime at gmail.com that's booze bs a n d true crime at gmail.com what should we leave them with
1: That is really fucking loud, K-Bye.